You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to the Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And uh, so what are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, this week we've got the Alec Bradley Magic Toast. Yeah, toast! Yeah, this was a, um, I think it was supposed to be a mystery cigar back in the 2018 IPCBR. I hope I got the abbreviations right. CPR instead of CBR. Yeah, well, whatever. You know, PBR. CB40. I don't know, you know. Yeah, it's like for cigar smirk- smokers, like we never can pronounce that freaking acronym. Yes. The- the International Premium Cigar and Pipe Tobacco Retailers Convention, or whatever the fuck it is. There you go. So uh, um, this uh, is going to... Which is going sp- on right now. Yes, a- absolutely. I've already seen some uh, pictures. In fact, um, Rocco from Warfighter, you know, he uh, he was actually there um, repping the booth for a while and stuff. So <laughs> Yeah, even uh, our local, uh, uh, the cigar shop, uh, Timmy's out there, uh, you know, finding some new cigars to... To bring back to, uh, to us here in Georgia, so yeah, if you're if you follow any cigar people on Instagram, this is a good week to do it because you'll see all the cool new cigar shit and wish you were there. Yes, absolutely. The envy is real. Um, so with this uh, Alec Bradley, this is going to sport a Honduran wrapper with Honduran and Nicaraguan binders, Honduran and Nicaraguan fillers, and uh, I gotta say, very dark Honduran wrapper. Yeah, uh, you know, and and the wrapper was kind of the reason I I gravitated toward this cigar for this week. Um, because yeah. you know, this week we're going to be talking about the Dark Knight, uh, but not the movie The Dark Knight. We're going all the way back to 1989 to the OG original. Well, other than Adam West, Batman on the big screen, uh, <laughs> 1989's Tim Burton's Batman. Yes, absolutely. Um, but before we get into that, so we um, needed a dark cigar to go yes. with, uh, which is never daylight in Gotham. Well, and, and <laughs> you know, it's harder to find the darker wrappers because we've just about smoked them all. Yeah, I mean, there is the uh, the old Hoyo de Monterey Dark Knight, but yeah, I think we smoked that one a long time ago. Maybe. Yes. I don't know. We we got to consult the list that I fail to consult every time we do a podcast. So it's like, hey, have we did this one yet? No. Okay. Cool. Got it. Um. But yeah, I I, for Alec Bat Bradley. Um, and and just the cigars in general. Um, I can say one of the most pleasurable smoking experiences. Everybody has kind of that one, you know, cigar that was like. Man, that was uh, you know, great. You know, whether it's at a wedding or some event. Mine just happened to be it was thirty degrees and I'm sitting out in the garage, you know, right after um or not too long after buying my house and <laughs> before um, you broke the seal and said, Fuck it, we're building yeah, a, a cigar lounge in the basement. <laughs> yes. Um It was uh you know, I had a uh, rum and coke and I had Alec Bradley Personado and um those two combinations just kind of, you know, hit the spot for me. Um, and I hadn't found another Alec Bradley cigar that left that kind of impression. Yeah, because Alec Bradleys, they're always got 
really great artwork on the band, really good construction, but when you're a kind of a big uh, big brand, you tend to to me anyway, tend to like, you know, kind of shoot for the middle and get try to make something that pleases the most palettes. And with us who like stronger, more complex cigars, you know, some of his uh, have tend to be a little bit milder than I typically like to smoke. But so far, this uh, Magic Toast is kind of magical. It's it's got some like you know coffee and and earth notes right up in some you know little peppery uh, here and there. Yeah, uh, I, 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 and they say a medium to full, so we'll see how it. Uh, how I mean, it holds I, up. I would definitely, especially with a retro hell. Um, you know, and for folks that don't know what retro helling is, um, you know, that's basically taking the smoke from your mouth and, you know, pushing it through your nostrils and, you know, really opening up all the different flavors of a cigar. Um, so, uh, the, obviously, the more senses you're utilizing, the more notes and, you know, the complexity that you're going to get from your cigars. Uh, this one here, I would say a touch of cedar. Maybe a little bit of white pepper, um, but I don't get the white pepper as much without the retro hell. So um, you know that was one that you know. I, I, it's definitely a, the peppery is definitely a, a background note. It's not yes, and, and it's you know there on, on the, the forefront on the back of the palate, and um, you know so far this is shaping up to be a um, a, a pretty decent cigar. Um, you know, especially given. Kind of the track record I have with Alec Bradley. Um, I would say probably just lighting and my initial thoughts, this is next in line to the Personado. Um, after that, maybe the um, the one of the Black Markets, and then probably the uh, the Tempest. I do like the Filthy Hooligan now and again. It's not one I can smoke every day, but every once I'm like, I want a candela. Now, see Let me the, break the, out the Filthy, Hool- filthy the, uh, Hooligan. The Filthy Hooligan isn't one that I see... You know, it's one of those that comes around, you know, just once a year, maybe for a couple of months or so. Um, So in my head, it doesn't even register that it's (laughs) Alec Bradley. Um, But like you said, you know, it offers a unique smoking experience, um, but not something that I want every day. Um, But when it does come around, much like, you know, a Toro Fuente and the Anejo and, you know, several others out there, you know, they're kind of nice treats to have. And with that, if you're going to be up all night fighting crime in Gotham City, you should call in the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for 20% off your order. They come in everything from a 750 milliliter bottle down to the little bitty uh, 10 pouches that you can fit in your utility belt so you don't have to carry the can. Kick the can like kicking Joker in the face. And, you know, and four amazing flavors. Great orange, lemon, and OG original. And with that... It's time to slide down the bat pole.
and welcome back to the podcast it's time to head out to gotham uh yeah it's a it's a dark night tonight so <laughs> time to fire up the bat signal oh yeah not the bat wing the bat signal mm. <laughs> uh shout out to waiting yes yeah okay it's crazy how, how long has that movie been around <laughs> yet we're immature enough to continue to make references to it Yep, I mean, one of Ryan Reynolds' greatest films, <laughs> pre-Deadpool. Yeah, so we're to talking about the 30th anniversary, released back on you know, June 23rd, 1989. Wait, we're late. We can't do this episode. We missed it. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about 1989's Tim Burton's Batman, which kind of brought in the modern era of superhero movies. I mean, there was some stuff back in the seventies, probably you know, stuff you like find on the, like the hell is this? This was a movie. I don't remember this shit. But I mean, this kind of like I remember when this came out, it was freaking huge. I mean, there was so much like Batman merchandise. Like, I mean, I had a Batman watch. Like, I think everybody either had the a T-shirt or a hat or something. But this kind of, you know. I don't know. I can remember having like the whole utility belt with like all, you know, the different gizmos oh, yeah. and gadgets back when like, you know, it even had like the, you know, little shooter thing that, you know, propels you up does not work in real life like it no. did in the movie. I quickly found that out as a kid. <laughs> Tried to repel with that shit. Well, I was like, it's got a grappling hook made out of plastic. I got to go try this. So, you know, we'd like throw it up in tree limbs and let it wrap around a few times. And it's like immediately breaks. <laughs> and then it'd be like, damn it. Got the toy caught in a tree. So yeah, good times. Yeah, Kid, Kids today just don't know what they're missing. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm all about technology, but at the same time, like, you know, those are experiences that you're just not going to get from a phone or a tablet or, you know, no. internet. That's how we all broke legs and, and whatnot, you know. See, I never sustained a serious injury, you know, in any of my shenanigans. Like, <laughs> the, the only injury I ever really sustained that was serious was involved flat gravel dirt road and uh, a shoestring getting caught in a bike chain. Oh, yeah. I was uh, I was just talking about that. I was like, I, was like, I broke a toe jumping a bicycle. But never, never got you know, treated because you know if you tell your parents you hurt yourself, they're not going to let you do the dumb shit you hurt yourself doing again. So it's like keeping I, all my injuries a secret when I was a kid, so I wouldn't uh, be banned from <laughs> doing dumb. But shit. I mean, <laughs> even then, like, do you really treat a broken toe? Mm. No. I mean, what you got to put an ace bandage around it? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Just rub some dirt on it. Suck it up. <laughs> Batman wouldn't let a broke toe stop him. <laughs> But yeah, 1989's Batman was like it kind of, you know, I guess like saved DC. I mean, it definitely made comic books and and heroes popular again. I mean, I will say that anytime I go see a Batman film, unfortunately, this is the film I pitted against, and you know, there, like outside of maybe Batman Returns, like after. There's not really much that compares. I mean, yeah. this this film set such a high mark, and it's like not only you know kind of firing up the comic book culture before Marvel came in and just you know made it what it is today, but this also like you know the nineteen eighty uh, the Batman the animated series we've talked about is that you know was something huge from our childhood, and still if it's 
on oh, fuck i'll watch it you know it, it was based on this version of batman so it's like they kind of took even the theme the original theme song from batman the animated series was based off the music from the 1989 batman and what was it uh uh, it was Elfman or whoever did the the score on, of it. I mean, it was, you know, freaking epic and kind of set the t- tone for like, you know, years to come. And then it got, and then Burton left and Keaton left and it shit got weird in the, in the later years, but <laughs> it started off really well. <laughs> well, I mean, that was the thing, you know, I mean, you know, people often speculated after, you know, the success of this film that, you know, could you remake Batman and have it be just as successful? And I think, you know, probably the the next most successful, I mean, it took many, many years, but, you know, when we got the Dark Knight. Yeah. You know, and then we, you know, saw the redesigned Batmobile and everything else, and, you know, that kind of, you know, brought some additional excitement and things. But, Are you, you know, that, the, whatever, because uh, Dark Knight was the, was the one with the, Heath Leather Joker, but that was it. Batman Begins, I think, was the the first one. Yeah, I mean, until then we we'd kind of like, eh, Batman movies, because yeah, that last one with freaking uh, uh, what's his name, the Batman and Robin just almost killed comic book movies for a few years. <laughs> well, I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, we always get into the, the you know the debate when it comes to DC films and you know everything else, and and now they're killing it again. <laughs> But I mean, there were some good years there, the late eighties, early nineties. But I mean, you know, with with a film with such high marks, you know, granted, over time, my expectations have you know, kind of you know, dwindled. uh, I guess is (laughs) is the best way to say that. I mean, but at the same time, like you know, we we got films like Suicide Squad, and then we get you know other films like. Birds of Prey and, and, and that type of thing. And inadvertently, I find myself like, there's so much potential here. <laughs> but it's not going to hold up to what the standard I have, you know, after, you know, Michael Keaton and, uh, you know, Jack Nicholson. And, um, yeah, and in, in an age now where, where superhero movies cost, you know, $200 million, I mean, this thing was made for $35 million And, you know, made four hundred and eleven million. Uh, I mean, that's not Avengers numbers, but in the time, this was like the fourth or fifth highest. You know, uh, whatever. Uh, I mean, it, it was like you know, record breaking for a superhero movie, and even got an Academy Award in something. I might have been music or something, but yeah, it, I mean, it was an award winning <laughs> movie. I don't know. I mean, it, you know, to, to this day, like, you know, even going to like Six Flags over Georgia, you know, and they got the replica Batmobile out there. And, you know, of course, you got Batman the ride and stuff like, you know, I always make it a point. You know, it's like, yes, I've seen it a million times, but it's still cool. You know, and I gotta say in this like the 80s Batmobile, too, was probably one of the most badass redesigns of the Batmobile. I mean, the Joel Schumacher Batmobiles and. Even like you know the the modern like tumbler Batmobile or like our freaking the Bat Tank as it's kind of turned into, not as cool as like the fucking rocket engine, you know M nineteen nineteen machine gun like eighties <laughs> freaking Batmobile, which I saw like one time like way back in the day at uh, 
at uh, World of Wheels, I think it was, like a car show that used to come every year at uh, down at the World Trade Center, and they had the 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 80s Batmobile there one year, and I was like, that thing was just freaking badass in person. <laughs> I always love those trade shows. I don't know. I guess that's the reason I got into, you know, kind of doing movie-esque, uh, you know, vehicles for model cars and that type of thing, you know, just, I mean, they're iconic. And Yeah, because, I mean, we've seen a lot of celebrities and stuff at Dragon Con, but I'm almost just as excited to see a freaking Ecto-1 or a 60s Batmobile in, in, in person as I am meeting, you know, some actual celebrity. Usually costs Well, less. that's that's because the car doesn't <laughs> tell you to go away now. Yeah. <laughs> the car doesn't schedule an interview and then doesn't show up. <laughs> well, there was that one time. Uh, Kit got a little swirly on us, you know. I mean, <laughs> thinks he's an A-lister still. And <laughs> it's like, fuck you, Michael. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I. I, I I don't know. The the other thing is, you know, it'd been quite a long time since I'd watched this film again. And I can remember as a kid thinking about how dark it was. And compared to DC films today, this film might as well, you know, been <laughs> shot, you know, under a bright spotlight. I was like, I can see stuff. This is amazing. Oh Yeah, I got to say, though, because I watched it on, you know, Freaking rented it on uh, on Prime, had it in the, in high def. Some movies from the eighties just does not uh, work well with a with a high def upgrade. Cause... Well, I think there's a lot that you know VHS and you know just non HD. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it hides so, yeah, a lot of the imperfections when you, when you try to upgrade uh, VHS to like HD quality. It's like, I mean, you could almost you could see the difference where if something was a a matte painting in the background versus like what was actually a practical effect. And then the, some of the makeup and stuff, I was like, Whoa, this looks like shit. I've seen done at Netherworld. It's meant to be seen in the dark. It's not to be meant to be seen on like (laughs) high definition screens. (laughs) No, most definitely. So I, you know, but I don't know. I mean, dude, going and, and, and seeing this film and everything else, like, I mean, it's, I'm still not going to pick it apart today because I I guess the, the content and, you know, it's a story that, you know, you actually, Hey, legitimately enjoy. Yeah. And, you know, for me, the, the story arc and everything masked, you know, some of the, the imperfections that you were talking about, you know? So, you know, I'm able to just sit back and enjoy it for what it is without it, you know, being like, oh my god, is it over? Is it over? Is this ever going to end? <laughs> yeah, because another thing that was kind of weird about this movie, I mean, nowadays, freaking everybody wants to be in a superhero movie, but back then, no, nah, that wasn't the case. And they actually no, got I mean, you know, I, I, Jack Nicholson to play the Joker. It cost him a lot. Like, most of that budget went to Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I mean, and, he then, had, like, and then he, you an know, insane deal <laughs> was like, hey, I'm going to have, you know, we're going to shoot this on my schedule and my availability. And I mean, th- there were a lot of things that, Oh yeah. You know, he, he had to have top billing. So when you look at the poster, it says Nicholson Keating, like when, when is the villain ever like top build above Batman in a Batman movie? Plus I think he still gets like royalties from any Joker product that has been released. So anytime you, you buy a freaking Joker lunchbox nowadays, Jack is still getting a cut of that money. <laughs> they still sell lunchboxes. Yeah, kids are allowed to take those water bottles, to schools, and, shit. and stuff today. 
What? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. It's, it's I mean, I can, I can remember, friend. you know, like, it used to be just an entire aisle of different theme lunch boxes and stuff. I don't recall seeing anything like that now, which then again, I haven't gone out of my way to look for them. So. About the only time you see them now is like right before like school starts, like when the back to school sales kick off. I mean, I feel like I see stuff like then that. You might be able to find that. Occasionally, yeah. <laughs> you know, but kids aren't buying them anymore. It's like adults buying retro metal lunch boxes for our, our various nerdy collections. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen. You know, with think geek, you know, finally going out of business and everything. I wonder what, uh, you know, that does for availability to certain things. Because I yeah. think a lot of, you know, places were kind of relying on stock, you know, from companies like that. But I Yeah, because, I mean, they, they've joined with uh, GameStop. So GameStop has, like, a Think Geek section. But it didn't have, like, the vast majority of shit you had on their website or even their, their retail stores. So. Which kind of makes sense. I mean, if you're going to partner with, like, a GameStop, then... I would imagine you would stick mainly to video game franchises or, you know, Marvel. Yeah, Marvel um, and Star Wars <laughs> and Disney, they all still <laughs> Yeah, or or Disney. Yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, Disney which, is everything which now. Disney is Marvel, so I mean, you know. <laughs> it's all just one big conglomerate. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, the uh I mean, freaking uh Jack Nicholson, Kim Basinger, even uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Jack Palance. And freaking Billy D. Williams is Harvey Dent, which I'm kind of disappointed that when we finally got to uh, was it Batman Forever, we had the uh, uh, freaking uh, what's his name is as, as uh, Two Face. I'd have loved to seen what Billy D. Williams would have done as a freaking Two Face. <laughs> Could no, you imagine? That would have been awesome. <laughs> And and he smoked cigars in this movie too. I mean, there's like I was like, look at that. There, there's freaking you know D A Harvey Dent in his office firing up, you know smoking a stogie while he's getting his ass chewed by the mayor. I mean, I mean that was the thing. Like right there. As, as I was watching this film, you know, and I'm like, damn, they they smoke a lot of cigars. Like I like these guys. Oh yeah, kinda. You know, you're you're a little dickish at times, but you know, once you figure out that hey, the the Batman's actually trying to you know save your stupid asses um you know give them some credit and and you, and you also got to credit uh you know michael keaton with i'm batman because that has been portrayed in every freaking cartoon movie comic book from here on out there's at some point he's gonna say i'm batman which like, i saw a quote from like adam west he's like i didn't have to like tell everybody i was batman people knew who the hell i was when i walked in a room <laughs> uh. But yeah, the, the I, I, I think it would have been you know cool to just see the different generations of Batman. And <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, the direction it's going now, I, I'm, I'm scared we're going to get sparkly Batman, but <laughs> <laughs> we will see. <laughs> I was like, you know, I made you know, some folks were talking about Batman and and that type of stuff, or maybe they were talking about Twilight, and I was like, yeah, they cast the sparkly vampire as Batman, so we're gonna get sparkly Batman now. <laughs> Sad, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, you know, then again, going back and watching this makes me like, you know, kind of like, oh man, like why can't we make good Batman movies anymore? <laughs> but even then, like. Watching this, I mean, after... I don't think this film came easily though, because yeah. I mean, you know, there was 
One, you know, a lot of demand, like you said, just from Jack Nicholson alone. But, you know, then two, I mean, it, you know, had quite a few rewrites and, you know, that type of thing. Because, you know, it just, it wasn't cool to be a nerd yet. Yeah. I mean, there was even one part where, like, I guess it was a writer's strike in the middle of doing rewrites. And they didn't really know how the movie was going to end. They said they were filming the part where... Where the Joker's like climbing the steps in the in the uh, the bell tower, and at one point Jack's like, "Why am I climbing all these steps?" And they're like, "We'll tell you when you get to the top." And they're like, "Fuck, we don't know. We haven't wrote that part yet." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was. I mean, that was just kind of the crazy thing, though, with all the uh, the gizmos and gadgets. Yet here here's Batman walking up the steps. It's like, <clears> yeah, <laughs> we've seen him use grappling hooks to climb like buildings, but he's like, "Shit, I left it at home. <laughs> I don't know." <laughs> Why are you climbing these steps? Maybe he was just trying to, you know, grab her shoes so, you know, he could deliver the shoes back. Because he's a good guy like that. And that, too, like, you know, jump ahead to the climax. He's like him. (laughs) Yeah, slide down the bat pole. But (laughs) he's hanging off the side of the building. Like, him and her, like, dangling like they're going to die. I'm like, dude, you have a hang glider in in your cape. We've seen you fly. Why the fuck do you give a fuck if you're hanging off the side of the building? If you fall, you're just going to, like, throw your bat parachute and, like, glide on down. <laughs> like, what's the big deal? <laughs> it's because she weighs a little bit more than 108 pounds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that's probably one of the funniest jokes. It's like, you know, they're running from Joker's men and get, like, cornered in an alley. And he pulls out his, his freaking, you know, grappling hook. And he's like, how much do you weigh? She's like, oh, about 108. And he's like, okay. And then it, like, locks up, like, halfway up. And he's like, here, hold on to this. And then drops back down and, like, gets in a fight. And then he's like... You weigh more than 108 pounds. <laughs> like the one line you should probably not, you know. Uh, so there's a lesson, ladies. Don't lie about your weight when you're dealing with grappling hooks and <laughs> it could, could come back to bite you. I don't know. It's just crazy to me, too. Like, you know, her being the uh, the mad dog photographer and everything and... um you know, here she is trying to stealthily take pictures with these big ass flashes on the camera. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, pre GoPro and digital. It's like, I mean, it, too. She's, uh, you know, supposedly like has gone into war zones and covered like, uh, like freaking massacres and whatever Culta Martis, where the name of that country, fake country was. But still, super girly and gets freaked out when <laughs> when the Joker shows up. You would think like. This you know hardcore war zone photographer would have been like, bitch, I operate. <laughs> but usually, and and I might be wrong about this. I don't know. Need to consult you know with you know some of my combat photography friends. But uh, you know, normally you would have a group, you know, to to help mitigate you know any any issues. You know, it's not like, hey, here I am just chilling at the museum with oh somebody delivered me a gas mask. That's that's always a bad sign when you open up a present and it's a gas mask. Something bad's about to happen or somebody's got some bad gas. It's like <laughs> Damn, I heard the food was killer. I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. And that, too, the age of non-digital, you know, effect, the freaking Joker makeup, too, has, you know, was, was badass. I mean, Jack Nicholson, you know, even though he was kind of made a lot of demands to portray this role, fucking went balls in. I mean, he went all in as the Joker. Just his little like little jokes and stuff he makes as he's like walking, walking through, fucking with all the paintings and just like his, you know, just 
I mean, the I, weird I, shit he says. Just I mean, randomly. I think it really, you know, did a great job of portraying the, you know, the psychopath, you know, and I mean, yeah, I don't know how much of his dialogue was actually written and how much he was just like, be crazy, Jack, because I mean, he was, he was like off the walls. So I don't know. I mean, you know, you get, you know, the. That and, like I said, the plots of the Joker's plans for this movie is just basically like, like you would I, see Joker. There's there's no like end game. It's all just like I'm crazy. I want to kill a bunch of people and I want to have fun doing it. Well, I I, I think Th- that this is art to me. <laughs> I think going back to The Shining, it's like, hey, we know you can be crazy. So you know, I mean, just be crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that whole like uh, freaking museum scene. I mean, he's. He's there with millions of dollars worth of painting, but it's not about stealing anything. It's like, you know, Joker's one of those weird criminals. It's all about, like, the the joke to him. So he goes in and improves the artwork. <laughs> it's that one, like, half-finished. Except for, the, yeah, the one paint. It's like, no, nah, I kind of like that one. Yeah, it's like, hey, look, that's the guy on the dollar bill. And then they get that one that, you know, henchman Bob goes to, like, you know, cut it with his knife. He's like, no, no, no. This one I kind of like. Leave this one. <laughs> Because, I mean, he's got to be the most Joker-looking Joker we've <laughs> we've had. I mean, even Heath Ledger's, like, weird-ass Joker, like, you know, I'm, st- I'm still, like, you know, comic book-wise, like, you know, it's freaking Jack Nicholson. Either Jack Nicholson or, you know, Hamill in the animated series. But, I mean, those are, like, the the kind of, like, the... Wait, wait, what about Jared Leto? No. No, Jared Leto. <laughs> No, Come I, on. No. no shaggy tube dope joker. <laughs> God, it would have been great if he made an ICP reference. He should have. Or they should have like made a cameo. You know, if nothing else, he just walks into a, a bathroom and there's a urinal and it's like ICP. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd like to see them in like one of those club scenes and freaking ICP walks in and he just looks at him and he's like, like your style and fucking walks out. <laughs> Got some Fago. <laughs> yeah. If he makes another Joker movie, like if the ICP needs to have a cameo with a fucking uh, Juggalo Joker. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I mean, I will say, though, that, um, you know, this Jacqueline Phoenix. It yes, looks creepy. I mean, I it mean, has it, potential. It, it's, you know, it's I don't modern... think it's going to be the same as, you know, a Jack Nicholson. No. But, you know, in its own regard, I... I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen him do a bad part yet, so it's, it's one it's of those that's be... kind of a toss-up for me. Yeah, because at, at the one end, it's, it's a modern like, DC movie. Which I is... don't know, but there's enough yeah. that I'm intrigued about that I'm going to have to go see it to yeah, find out. Like, oh, <laughs> and, and that's my my big debate <laughs> with you know DC. It's like, I know it's probably going to go south. <laughs> but I see potential, so I've got to go find out for myself. And it's like, damn it, every time will I not learn from the past? And like, it looks like at this point they've they're starting to give up on the whole we can't make a shared universe like Marvel does. So let's go back to making standalone movies <laughs> that are actually good. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> this Joker will actually be halfway decent. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I gotta say though that. 
I didn't necessarily entirely hate Suicide Squad. No, the but... first Suicide Squad was it was it was fun at the least, and you know I liked Aquaman. Uh, Aquaman was good. Wonder Woman was good. I we'll mean... we'll see how 1984 Wonder Woman is when it comes out later this year. But I mean, <laughs> then again, those were you know focused mainly on one character and not necessarily the group setting minus Suicide yeah. Squad. So I mean, kind of debunked our own. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you did one good group movie. You did a couple solo good movies, and then you made Justice then we're League, get, you know. <laughs> which I still haven't seen Shazam yet, so I don't, I, don't, I can't judge it on uh, on that one. Which I, I, you know, I think I heard. I don't know. I hadn't seen it yet. I, I think I can remember hearing relatively positive things about it, but yeah. I, I try to. Yeah, I got pretty stay away I... from reviews and and you know other people's thoughts because I. I try to not let myself get influenced prior to going and seeing a film. You know, that way I can kind of go into it with my own expectations, and I don't have other people's expectations weighing on that. Yeah. So, you know, the artwork of this movie too, like the, I mean, Tim Burton can do some weird shit. I mean, he. And this movie kind of came out like right after the hit of Beetlejuice, and just that. Well, I mean, it was uh, Beetlejuice that got this green lit because yeah. uh, you know, had Beetlejuice had been a flop, then you know, I don't think Tim Burton, you know, would have, you know, been given you know the chance to actually finalize this film and actually make it a thing. Especially with Michael Keaton, because you know, at that point. Nobody had ever, you know, really heard of him. Or, I mean, or, he, he was, I mean, he was more of a comedic, you know. Yeah, he was famous, but he had, I mean, and he had done some some more, uh, how much you call it, uh, serious roles earlier on. But he was primarily the Mister Mom like freaking comedy guy, and and no one really knew if he could pull off being serious. Yeah, and and you know, did a fairly decent job of portraying both, you know, kind of the socially awkward recluse. Bruce Wayne and and then you know putting on the bat suit and being kind of a badass but I mean I think you know I for me I mean you know both those dynamics really kind of sold the role for me and I I guess that's what locked him in is you know I mean like you said you know in this this one aspect of things you've got you know hey I'm Bruce Wayne yeah I'm a millionaire but you know I'm not the you know stereotypical I can do anything and be better than anyone, you know, e- ego, you know, he, I think he does a great job in, you know, really contrasting the two characters and the struggles of, you know, living that double life. <laughs> I do like the first time we're actually introduced to him as Batman, you know, Vicky Vale's all like, Ooh, I got to meet this Bruce Wayne guy and goes to his party and like, he's at, at the bar and then she's like, excuse me, have you seen Bruce Wayne? He's like, uh, I'm not sure he's around here somewhere. <laughs> and then later on, like her and uh, Knox are like walking through his like armory room where there's all these like antique weapons and and suits of armor, and they're like making fun of him. Like, well, what kind of weird stuff is this dude got? Is there's like a, is he a freaking vampire? And then it's like looking at one thing. He's like, where the hell did this thing come from? And he's like, actually, that's Japanese. How do you know? Because I bought it in Japan. <laughs> oh hi, I'm Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> just like his little like just roll up and fuck with him i thought was was kind of hilarious so what was the motive there 
you know, to get her to start exploring, you know, Wayne Manor and stuff. You know, what was he? Oh, she doesn't really know who Bruce Wayne is, so I'm going to be Bruce. <laughs> you, do you think that was the, the, the plot there? Or or is like he's like, I don't know who this chick is, and uh, do I really? But she's kind of hot, and he's like, hmm. Like, let me let, let her you take a look around first and be impressed. And uh, and also, yeah, like I said, he's the, the fucking world's greatest detective, so he's probably like, all right, I'm going to do a background check real quick on this chick before I go, <laughs> I go flirt with her. <laughs> he seems like a paranoid enough dude. He's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, go go over and talk to that dude, and then be like, all right, pre Google, let me go back down to the Batcave and do a quick uh, background check on her before I <laughs> go up and ask her out. Ah, <laughs> uh, pre Google, and he didn't even have encyclopedias. But then there's also that scene where they're having the press conference with the the mob bosses that are trying to like take over after. Uh, Jack Palance has been killed by the Joker. And then all these random uh, mimes start showing up. And he's just standing there in the crowd going, huh, this is kind of weird. I mean, world's greatest detective. You know, five mimes randomly show up. Like, shouldn't you be just a little suspicious? Nah, dude, they're all locked (laughs) in an invisible box. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't trust a a single mime when when one shows up. When the five of them shows up, it's like, something's off here. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Don't see too many of those these days. No. Which, I mean, here in the States, I don't think you really run across them much anyway. I think that was more of a European thing, but our French. I don't know. I always see the uh, the guys pretending to be statues. That's like the street artist I always end up seeing when I'm like down in Atlanta or somewhere is the guy that's, I'm going to stand here and be a statue. <laughs> and then scare the shit out of people. Yeah. Maybe that's what Netherworld needs to do in the parking lot. Just have a whole bunch of, you know, fucking street artists, you know, out there. And people's like, wow, that looks kind of cool. Oh, shit, it's living. <laughs> we we did have a tree one year that was alive. It was just a, like a potted plant as you walked out the door. And then the potted plant tried to grab you. <laughs> I mean, dude was actually in a pot, too, like up to his knees. It was it was funny. Damn it. I wish I would have seen that. Then That's when you need the Mario and Luigi costumes. <laughs> Damn fire flowers, run. Throw a fireball at it. <laughs> uh, Always got bubbled. <laughs> like immense bubbles. It's like, holy fuck, it's ten feet of bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, no, not the stripper. <laughs> ten feet of bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Speaking of bat pulls. <laughs> oh, so yeah, we've got, uh, yeah, comedy Michael Keaton trying to be Batman and doing a damn good job of it. But also noticed, you know, after getting used to like the modern, like uh, the the Nolan Batman movies and, and even like modern superhero movies, the action sequences in this is like that suit back in the eighties was such a limitation. Like he could barely move. Like you see when he's like looking around, like he can't move his neck. <laughs> he's like, like you, know, you expect Batman to be this badass ninja. Like he was in the, in the uh, cartoons and stuff, but it's like, nah, I think I, I, I saw him throw a couple sidekicks and a front kick. Cause that's about all he could do without falling over. Cause that, that whole like cowl was just impossible to move in. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, you know, that's the reason he's got a utility belt with so many, you know, different things at his disposal. You know? Yeah, he needs some rear view I mean, that's, mirrors because he can't you turn know, his head to look like, behind him. It always, like, you know, you see the swords guy and, you know, the martial arts people. And they always, you know, go through like this 30 second of, you know, ah, oh, th- these are all the cool things I could do. And it's like. Then he just punches him in the face because yes, he can't move. Ah. <laughs> uh, but I'm like, man, with, with that kind of agility, you could have got him from the back or something. I'm, I, I feel like, but <laughs> I guess then, you know, Batman wouldn't, you know, be as Batman-like. As... <laughs> and how many times did he just pop up and get shot and then, like, knocked down? And then, like, once they started looking over him, he got up and started kicking the shit out of people. It's like, nowadays, Batman would have never gotten shot. He <laughs> just done some crazy ninja move and dodged that shit. <laughs> I mean, I... I, I, I... I don't know. I almost feel like that's where, you know, the, the bulletproof suits from John Wick and stuff like that, you know, may have got the idea from. It's like, ah, they don't penetrate. That or, you know, just make sure you got some fine, you know, china laying around and, you know, <laughs> or, and picks that, up the pan like, yeah, that'll probably stop a bullet. Let me, let me use <laughs> yeah. this as a plate carrier. <laughs> the silver plate. Oh, <laughs> uh, Luckily, Joker had a low caliber gun. <laughs> that could have been... Uh, been bad because i'm not sure a silver serving dish would have stopped a <laughs> nine millimeter <laughs> or will it all right i feel go. like we, we got to find out for science yep we need to call demolition matt and say hey we got something for you to test no no <laughs> this is an experiment we can carry out on our own <laughs> get I, some uh i feel confident in our abilities <laughs> find us a silver serving tray let's, let's let's do this time to start hitting up antique stores Yep. I mean, the the first video was us, you know, eating the Reaper jerky. We definitely need to, you know, do a, um, hmm, maybe that could be a new segment. <laughs> I mean, we already do science. Yeah. I mean. We can shoot stuff for science. <laughs> so, what do we call it? Like, cigar nerds, like, you know. Hmm. Science breakdown. <laughs> we'll recreate scenes from your favorite uh, nerdy movies as long as they require no actual science <laughs> can a silver serving tray stop a bullet <laughs> faster than a human locomotive <laughs> oh wait that was a different DC film <laughs> oh I don't know I, you know the, the other thing too is uh Talking, going back to the Batmobile. Like, I just want to be able to communicate with my car and be like, shields. <laughs> yeah. Protect Batman, yourself. Batman had Alexa before Alexa, where you just, <laughs> shields, come, blow stuff up. <laughs> I mean, that was the first, like, you know, self driving car. Like, before Tesla, it was fucking Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Whoa. Is uh, Tesla actually real life Bruce Wayne? <laughs> He's building self-driving cars. He's talking about going to space and whatnot. Could he be Batman? Maybe. Not sure if it's Tony Stark or Batman. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, Batman, Batman, you know, we're there's a rumor that uh, Sparkly Batman may may have had to back out. What about Keanu? He's definitely got the the moves to uh but to be a Batman. Then again, he is in talks with joining Marvel and some of their forces. So, you know, is DC going to allow that to happen? Well, at the same time, I mean, uh 
there's been, well, no, that was a, whatever, a Fox property that had people in, in both. But then again, yeah, there's been some guys that have appeared in DC movies and later went on to Marvel. I don't know if they'd be able to do it simultaneously or not. But, uh, I mean, there there has been people that walk in both worlds. But yeah, freaking uh, John Wick Batman would be pretty badass. <laughs> I mean, we already know he looks good in a suit, so he can pull off the Bruce Wayne uh, parts of things. Yeah, I, I could see that, but, you know, I don't know. Our freaking, uh, what's his name, the Punisher? John Barenthal. Yeah, old Barenthal Batman. <laughs> Barenthal Batman. Almost how I. I'm Barenthal, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, this one and then the second uh, Tim Burton Batman movies were both freaking awesome. I mean, Batman Returns. Yeah, they. He seemed like I guess they made some changes to the suit because he seemed like he could move a little bit better, and there's a little bit more action sequences in. <laughs> in this one or in the second one than there was in this one. Cause yeah, especially that, that freaking bell tower fight. I mean, he's getting his like, they're like, we can't do an epic fight scene because he can't move. So there's like one guy jumps out at him and he just like moves and the guy falls through the floor. <laughs> and then the one guy who can fight, like kicks his ass for a minute until he like, you know, throws him off the bell tower. It's like for a Batman, he gets his ass kicked a lot. And then again, he was just in a uh, plane crash. So he may not have been operating at 100% at that point, but <laughs> yeah, that that epic fight scene at the end was like, it's not very epic. I mean, it looks cool, but yeah, it could have been such so much more action. But I mean, I, I, I think then again, like, you know, it's what personifies Batman, you know? Right? That he's a, you know, legit guy by day and, you know, a... I mean, with enough money and training and and assets, I mean, you know, that's that's really what it boils down to to be a superhero, right? I mean, yes, it takes, you know, a a little bit of skill, but, you know, without the funding and, you know, the intelligence-gathering aspect of things, I think he's severely crippled. Yeah. You know, because it isn't like, you know, he has... Yes, he's a superhero, but he doesn't really have, you know, any, like, mutant or, you know, <laughs> indestructible power, right? I mean, it's just... But some of those fight scenes were reminded, like you said, the the guy that knows martial arts comes in and does this whole fancy display, and then he takes him out with one punch. Reminds me a lot of, like, the like the Indiana Jones uh, fight scene where the guy's, like, whipping the sword around, he just pulls a gun and shoots him. <laughs> I mean, it kind of reminded me of some of those uh, those well, action I mean, it's sequences. It's like you know, a, a Brock Lesnar joining UFC, right? Like, yeah, the the guy that can move around him and be quick and everything else, you know, is going to have the upper hand. But if he gets a hit on you, you're going down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, Joker's crew of of guys. The for some reason, I like henchman Bob. <laughs> that is the most just like I, I've seen that guy play weird characters in like a whole bunch of movies. He's like just kind of like the weird homeless looking dude, and just like him is like the head henchman, <laughs> and just like the whole but time. But I mean, like, even Bob. as like the head not, henchman, not, not even mean, like a cool name thing. It's like Bob, get me the Batman. <laughs> I don't know. 
Maybe that's where Simpsons got the idea for Sideshow Bob. <laughs> I mean, everybody needs a henchman named Bob. It's like the most like unassuming hench person name. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, it, it's going to be hard to do a, a database search. What do we know this guy as? Bob. <laughs> All right, somebody search the records. How many Bobs do we have? A shitload. <laughs> <laughs> How many are evil? About three quarters, sir. Damn it. <laughs> and I do like the, you know, Batman is in, from the comics. Everything is always known as the world's greatest detective. And some of the Batman movies, you know, is kind of leaned heavy on the, the action sequences and not shown like him doing like legit research in the Batcave and going through like, you know, and whatever the hell Alfred does. You say, Alfred, go give me these like top secret police files. Okay. I'll be back in an hour. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> Hey, man. You, Alfred's the man. Once again, you got money. You can buy the resources and the <laughs> intel and everything else. So, I, I mean, yeah, cause like I, said, this I, I all... think anything can be bought, you know, with, with the right amount of money. <laughs> as much as people would like to um, disagree. Uh... Yeah, it's like, you know, pre-Google, pre-Internet, you know, they're... You know, Batman couldn't hack the uh, the police database and download everything. He's like, Alfred, you know a guy? Cool. Go give me this information. <laughs> Who, who's our informant? But I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, even doing his detective work and his sleuthing and, and that type of thing, like, you know, I think it's kind of interesting that, you know, it's his mistake, you know, that actually brings the Joker and, you know, turns, you know, the, the sociopath and everything else, you know? Like, I'm, yeah, I'm not like, going to yeah. kill you, but shit, you know, I wasn't, you know, able to save you. Yeah, because he you know, ends up dropping him in the, uh, what looks like the Nickelodeon vat of slime. <laughs> and create, and then they have that moment where he's like, yo, you, know, you created me, you dropped me in the acid. And he's like, because that's another thing that they've not ever really done in a Batman movie is say the Joker is the one who killed Batman's parents. That's usually kind of like the big mystery. He never, that's like the one crime he never could solve is like who killed my parents. And he's like, you know, founds out that Jack Napier before he became the Joker was the, the guy who had shot his parents long, long ago because he said yeah, the line, that's the same you ever thing. dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. And he's like, well, you killed my parents. You made me first. And he's like, he's like, well, that's so childlike. I made you, you made me for, what the hell, man? <laughs> but it kind of reminded me a little bit of, um, and I think they kind of based some of this on like the, the killing joke where, you know, Batman hits that point where he, he's had enough of Joker's shit. And like, he legit plans to kill him at one point. I mean, he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> he's just like beating the shit out of him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that was like when I, I always like the stories were near when Batman's just like, all right, I've fucking had enough. <laughs> you know, you're... Well, I mean, you know, uh, you can keep people locked away and everything else. And I mean, they didn't allude to an Arkham Asylum or anything of, of no, that cause... nature in, in, in this film. But it's like, you know, at some point, repeat criminals are going to only continue to repeat that same criminal behavior. <laughs> so why keep giving chances? Like, you know... That's what kills me about the modern court system. It's like, really? This person's been, you know, convicted 23 times, yet we're still giving them chances? Like, at some point, you got to say, hey, you <laughs> fucked up beyond, you know, I mean, that's like the, the ability to redeem oneself and, you know. 
Yeah, because I mean that's like the was it Dark Knight uh, Dark Knight Re- Rises I think or no Dark Knight Returns the animated movie where Batman just has enough and snaps Joker's neck <laughs> and it's like <laughs> like when Batman violates his rule of killing people when it's like it's like oh shit's done got real now you've pissed off the bat enough where he's like fuck you I'm not I'm not arresting you this time <laughs> oh and and the the scene where he's coming at him in the freaking jet you know when that little like targeting computer thing comes out I was like. This looks a whole lot like Luke's run on the Death Star. That, that, well, no, that little target thing that comes out but, and flips around. I'm like, did you looks... catch the sound effect though? Because no. of the, the sound effects sound very much 100 percent like it's out of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you it, know, when it, it kind of sounds dive, like a Tie Fighter, it, it does a little Tie Fighter, and I was like, oh shit, you know. Yeah, but when that thing like comes out and flips around in front of him, I'm like, use the Force. Yeah, and this looked so much like an X-wing, but then he like, you know, Fires all the machine guns, launches missiles, and Joker just stands out in the street like, come at me, bro. And he fucking misses. <laughs> like, whoever like designed your targeting system on that thing needs to be fired because you, know, you should have lit him up. But then again, the movie would have been over 20 minutes early. <laughs> and then he pulls out his ridiculously huge pistol and, and shoots it out of the sky in one hit. <laughs> what in God's name are they thinking? <laughs> Where... Where are you going to, like, I got a whole holster dedicated, you know, to, to this pistol. Because <laughs> this thing is as long as my leg. Yeah. I got to walk stiff because <laughs> it's all the way down my, uh, I was trying to like to, trying to like to carry a freaking Barrett Dude, 50 could, concealed carry. Can you like, you know, imagine trying to draw that thing? <laughs> like, hold on. <laughs> I got to grab it by the barrel and get it the rest of the way out. Yeah, it's like, you know, kind of impracticable for concealed carry. But then he does that move where it, like, it freaking telescopes down to, like, normal size. <laughs> uh, you know, he talks about Batman. Where'd he get all these wonderful toys? Where'd the Joker get all his toys? I mean, he had some cool shit. Freaking- I don't know. I just like the one gun that goes bang. <laughs> but the, the little acid flower is always, you know. Oh, the, the classic acid flower. And then the, the whole where he's like, you know, if I can't have you, I can't live with myself. And, like, goes to shoot himself in the head. And it's like the bang... Uh, <laughs> flag. Oh. I can remember having those toys, and <laughs> unfortunately, those flags were only good for about three fires, and uh, then then there went the flag. Oh, yeah, something would break, and then it would yes. just shoot out like a freaking dart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Timmy, I put your eye out. I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> it wasn't a BB gun, though. <laughs> now you can do that sweet Nick Fury cosplay. My bad. <laughs> Ah, oh, yes. And then, you know, we, we talked about Vicky Vale, but, you know, Kim Basinger in a in a superhero movie, I mean, she was like, it was still super hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah, like I said, the whole thing, you know, this was written at a time where, you know, nowadays, if there's a female character in a movie, she's like on equal footing with all the, with all the badasses and stuff. And, yeah, but back then it was still... We very much need a, a a lady in distress in our in our movies, you know, even though she's supposed to be this you know badass investigative reporter, but but I mean constantly I, having to be saved. I, I I think in her own right, maybe saved from a a physical standpoint, but I mean, you know, she was able to get information and you know, I mean, basically serve as you know the distraction, you know, and stuff like that. And yeah, when she starts for, trying to like you know kiss his suit and everything like that and distract him while 
Well, Batman sneaks up on him. Joker's like, is this Stockholm Syndrome? What yeah. is this? Especially when she like goes down and he's like, ooh, this is working better than I thought. <laughs> and then Batman comes up and cocks blocks him. <laughs> he's just like, bro? <laughs> Gets punched in the face. Because that's what you do with evil. You punch it in the face. But yeah, even in that, you know. Give it the bat wing. <laughs> even in that uh, museum scene where she's like, you know. In in some serious shit, yeah, she yeah she is trying to get some like information and and talk her way out of it, so she's not completely uh, you know damsel in distress, but yeah, it's uh, it's, and then when she like you know throws water in his face and he starts doing the whole like Wizard of Oz, I'm melting, and she's like, oh my god, I'm sorry, (laughs) it's like hell no, kick him in the nuts and run. So I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't feel like, you know, her, her character was, you know, completely just, hey, we, we, you know, need a female to, you know, capture the audience or something. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I mean, the, the fact, too, that, you know, she's willing to accept Bruce once, you know, she puts two and two together and figures out, hey, I'm Batman and uh, everything else. I mean, I, I like, think yeah. she does a great job of keeping, you know, keeping him centered. Yeah, because she's like, you yeah, know, who are you? And he's like, shit, I don't know who I am. Like, you know, <laughs> kind of changes from day to day. Uh, but, you know, I think, you know, in the second movie, Michelle Pfeiffer's character was a much more fleshed out <laughs> part of the movie. And it was, you know stood up on her own uh, more than, than Vicky well, Vale did. And then you also got, you know, penguins with rocket launchers on their back, which is always always, always a, a cool time. detail. <laughs> Love penguins. <laughs> oh, yeah, because this whole, like, original Batman series, like I said, this movie just kind of, like we said, the video games, the the animated series kind of, you know, like... I even mean, just the, just the overall merchandising. I mean, you know. I mean, even the way where he uses a separate voice when he's Batman is kind of like that's what Kevin Conroy did for his Batman. That's what you know, freaking uh, Christian Bale did. It's kind of like become the staple now of you know Bruce Wayne and Batman using two different voices instead of just wearing glasses like Superman. <laughs> way better disguise than hoping nobody notices I, I wear glasses when I'm. Not Superman. <laughs> oh. Does it look like I have on a cape? <laughs> you know, that's that, that's kind of a dying thing. Used to be all the superheroes had capes. You're getting less and less capes as the years progress. You notice that? Yeah, other than uh, than Thor. I mean, there's really no good... Thor and uh, Vision, there's really no good capes on superheroes anymore. <laughs> that used to be an integral part, at least in the DC Universe. Every motherfucker has to have a cape. <laughs> oh, he's got a cape. He must be a hero. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's a dark cape. It's a villain. <laughs> <laughs> really nice suit. It's purple. Got to be a villain. <laughs> and you know, we've not talked about the music of this movie, too, going back and, and rewatching it. I mean, other than the, uh, the, the Elfman score, so many Prince, like the Bat Dance song and like... like you know, Prince pretty much did the whole soundtrack for this movie. You know, talking about weird things you don't normally see in a hero film. I mean, we've got some like A-list actors, and then we have Prince doing the soundtrack. <laughs> and Which, some of the, that I mean, fast music forward video to too is today's time, insane. and you know, it's like 
so huge, you know. I mean, yeah, I did that with the with the big eighties uh, boombox, uh, <laughs> which I had that same boombox from Batman at one point. My, everyone had to have that that huge ghetto blaster. Uh, but yeah, the 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 freaking nineteen eighty nine Batman soundtrack was just pretty much all Prince, <laughs> and it it kind of works for like you know Joker's just you know flashy weirdness. I mean, you know, speaking of flashy weirdness and purple, like who better than Prince to represent uh, the Joker? <laughs> oh, I was wrong, by the way. Apparently, what's up about the you know success of Beetlejuice? Apparently, it was uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure that you know. Gave Tim Burton the the green light to direct this film. <laughs> Weird. I didn't even know that was a Burton movie. Yeah, apparently, like makes sense. <laughs> oh, but yeah, Burton is one of those weird directors. I mean, he makes shit like Edward Scissorhand and Beetlejuice, and these like, and then he'll do like some family animated movie or Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and you know. Batman, <laughs> you know the 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 weirdness of you know freaking Michael Keaton as Batman is almost as weird as Tim Burton doing a superhero movie. But I mean, the guy can can kind of do it all. Yeah, no, I mean he he does a a I don't know. I just love his uh, his artistic flair, and I mean his ability to you know I, I guess just direct is the best way to put it. I don't know. I mean, you know, hell. For me, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas is one of those films that I could watch any time and, you yeah. know, enjoy just as much as the first time as, you know, the 80th time. Uh, but, you know, seeing Michael Keaton again just reminds me of how much I want to see a Batman Beyond movie. I mean, let's not do the fucking sparkly Batman. We need a Batman Beyond with Michael Keaton playing old man Bruce Wayne. That's all I want in this life is... <laughs> <laughs> is a million dollars and bat and freaking Bruce Wayne returning or uh but then again, you know, Batman. even with, you know, the the thought of um, you know, sparkly Batman. I mean, it's not going to be full on, you know, suited Batman, I don't think. It it's going to go back to the the roots of the detective, the sleuthing and and that type of thing. So from that aspect, I I I don't know. I mean, once again, I'm I'm Still going to have to give it a shot, and I say that kind of hesitantly, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, as, as a podcaster, you take the good and the, the good, bad, you and, bad you know... Uh, you it, got them both in there. You have the facts of Batman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, any uh, any highlights to the Keaton-esque uh, era of Batman for you? Yeah, it paved the way for Batman. I mean, you know, and uh, like you said, um, it set such a high mark and precedent that, you know, it kind of sucks that we haven't had anything really come out that, you know, is on the same level, you know, past Batman Returns. Yeah. And I I mean, you know. The final two, uh, I mean, hell, especially when uh, Schumacher put nipples on the Batsuit, I mean. It got weird toward the end of this run, <laughs> but it had such a strong start, and and yeah, I'd like to see it return to uh, to that era. Uh, and the 
like I said, the the art design. I mean the the city of Gotham and it's like kind of industrial look. It's this movie kind of set the the tone and template of not only movies, games, comic books. It's like everything kind of has sprung forth from this like original design and like everything looks like a an interpretation of 89 Batman nearly. <laughs> no, I mean it, and I I don't know. I mean I I think they did such a great job too with yeah, it's kind of dark and grungy, but, you know, it's not so dark that everything is just pitch black, you know, the the way that a lot of the, you know, future films were, you know? And, I mean, to me, that, that kind of takes away, you know, from characters and stuff like that. It makes you, what's lurking in the shadows? <laughs> yeah, and how this movie ended, too, with the, the reveal of the bat signal, because uh, that's, like, you know the suit and the car are the two iconic Batman things. But the, the third most iconic thing you remember about Batman in an era before cell phones is the freaking bat signal. And at the end, you, they have that press conference with Billy D Williams. And he's like, reading well, how the, do we get a hold of him? Yeah. Reading the letter. He's like, you know, Gotham has deserved arrest, but if evil rears its head again, just call me. And they're like, uh, how do we call him? And like he left us a signal and like fires up the bat signal. Then you just do that whole, like, like pan up the building to him, like standing on top of the building, like looking at the bat signal is like freaking that's like you know, just a iconic image. I mean, that, that picture is like straight out of a comic book. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's good times. Watch out. There's a Batman behind you. <laughs> and as we kind of, uh, wrap up, uh, the main segment here, uh, what's your thoughts on where we're at in this, uh, this here, Alec Bradley. Uh, so far the cigar has been, um, it's been a good treat from the Alec Bradley line, I think. Um, definitely picking up more of that, that coffee notes, uh, as I go, it's got got like a slight bitterness, uh, chocolate bitterness to it. Been struggling a little bit with relights, but, um, you know, as, as far as construction and everything else goes, I mean, it's, um, you know, constructed wonderfully. I love the, you know, dark oily wrapper. Um, the, the flavor really hasn't changed all that much. Um, it hasn't decreased or increased on intensity and, you know, I would still say earthy, uh, notes of cedar, the espresso that you talked about and, you know, still just a, a little bit of that, you know, pepperiness, you know, with the retro health. So, um, they're about, about the midpoint now. So yeah, it's got a definitely a good long lasting cigar as well. We'll see how it ends as we uh, wrap up our, our final segments here, and uh, maybe we'll touch on it again. If we don't forget, but which happens a lot, yes. Well, with that, you know, fire up the bat signal. It's time for something completely different. Oh, hey, the new king in town.
welcome back. It's time for some science. Is that your best Batman voice? Welcome back. It's time for some science. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's build some batarangs and whatnot. Speaking of weird uh, new crime fighting technology, uh, the Pentagon has invented a laser that can identify you by your heartbeat. And also has the ability to stop it. (laughs) Uh, They haven't admitted to that part of it. But yeah, uh, since, you know, you can change your face with plastic surgery and even burn off your fingerprints, you know, the U.S. uh, military is going to begin deploying its latest surveillance gadget. You know, according to a paper by MIT Technology Review, they've developed a laser uh, for the Pentagon that will read your unique heartbeat signatures, which that's something I did not know that your heartbeat is as individual as your fingerprints. So what happens if you have a heart transplant? Hmm. (laughs) Because, you know, if, if this is going to turn into a real thing, you know, if you get a heart transplant from, you know, somebody that, you know, lived a shady life, uh, well, that's that's it. Or if you're trying to do a whole face-off in Hydra Identity, you know, like replace your heart as well as your face and fingerprints. <laughs> hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. So I didn't know if it was the actual heart that, you know, I mean, obviously it controls rhythmic pattern, but I didn't know if, you know... You know, that, that unique signature was just tied to the heart or if there were other aspects of a individual that yeah, cause it's, played into that. You know, basically like your, you know, the, I guess the rhythm of your heart is unique as, you know, fingerprints or anything else. And a lot of surveillance ID technology is based off of, uh, you know, facial features and irises uh, that can be, you know, close to other people so it may not be 100% accurate but you know the the heartbeat is is something that is an individual trait and also can't be you know changed without like you said a heart transplant but apparently the and this laser there the Colin Jetson yeah cuz all future and because shit because we we need it to sound just as harmless as the Jetsons and his boy Elroy <laughs> use a technique called laser vibrometry to detect sub- subtle changes in the reflection of ultraviolet light as a person's skin and clothing move with their heartbeat. As such, it can be used to identify people from a distance and from any angle, which is more convenient than current methods. And it has kind of a range of around uh, 700 feet. And also, uh, based on the current prototype, uh, has an accuracy of about 95%. Uh, Stuart Remley of MIT uh, said, you know, you don't want to say you could use this from space, but... Longer ranges should be possible since they're using lasers, you know, as the technology progresses. The only downside is right now it kind of requires, it can only be used on stationary subjects, but it can be used at, you know, from pretty much any angle and takes about, you know, around 30 seconds of reading to, to generate a positive identification. Well, shit. And this just in, lasers are bad for your health. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. lead to additional yeah, heart disease and everything We're just else. talking about, you know, cities banning facial recognition software. It's like, oh, we got something to beat that. Now we got laser recognition software. <laughs> oh, and speaking of, uh, you know, putting lasers on drones to, to track people down, 
as you know drone technology progresses and the government uh slowly catches up with the legalities of of drones you can now get a DUI for flying a drone in Japan it's now uh illegal to drone while drunk <laughs> in the in the latest of of weird laws well i mean i could see that you know i mean you know imagine driving down the road or something else and you know here comes a object out of the sky that you're not anticipating you know and people flinch and you know make you know rash actions and decisions i mean you know yeah so you know drones are being used for good things like as we've spoken before organ transplants uh rescue missions uh surveillance and uh conservation and photography but they've also been used for bad things like delivering drugs to uh inmates uh scaring elderly people and even grounding air uh, flights at certain airports where where drones have and, know, trespassed. Mean, it is it is Japan, so we can't underestimate the you know potential for kamikaze drones <laughs> and Skynet. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this you know if you are uh, have any kind of alcohol in your system, uh, this new uh, bill passed uh, for people flying drones bigger than seven ounces. Uh, you will face up to a year in prison and find up to uh, 300,000 yen, which is 2,750 uh, U.S., which so that's kind of close to what a vehicular DUI will cost you. <laughs> that's going to be the new, uh, you know, the new, uh, was it freaking Montlake Associates or uh, uh, who's the who's the famous DUI lawyer that's always got the ads on TV and radio? He's going to uh, gonna have to start doing... Uh, have you been caught, you know, drinking and droning? <laughs> DND. Oh, <laughs> uh, I got a DDUI. <laughs> Driving a drone under the influence. <laughs> you know, that's like with the 4th of July coming up. I saw a thing. It's like, kids, you should not play with fireworks. Let the adults that have been drinking all day set them off. <laughs> Ain't it the truth? Oh, and speaking of things that are dumb, you should also should not mix cocaine and blowfish. Hmm. That's the wrong type of blow. And, of course, would you like to guess where this particular individual is from? Well, let's see. Crazy story. Uh, we're going to say Florida. Yeah, Florida man. Uh <laughs> Uh, wound up at a yeah, 43-year-old Florida man uh, was admitted to a hospital saying he had done too much blow. Uh, doctors assumed he was talking about uh, you know, a mild overdose, but they discovered the patient had in fact been eating poisonous puffer fish while snorting cocaine for days. <laughs> and they said apparently you know, this, uh, the combination of cocaine and uh, uh, fugu, which uh, if not you know, served properly. And there's only a handful of expert chefs that can, you know, properly remove the poisonous livers, uh, that are contain tetrodotoxin, uh, which is a very strong natural neurotoxin. Uh, <laughs> apparently around 50 people each year die in Japan from eating, eating, uh, improperly prepared fugu. But yeah, this, uh, not only did the, you know, the combination of, of cocaine and, neurotoxin has uh, resulted in um, muscle weakness, respiratory problems, numbness, and, you know, 
this guy also suffered from severe kidney damage and is still, while under treatment, he did recover from most of his thing. He is still having to, you know, be on a dialysis machine because apparently that combination will destroy your kidneys. So if you're going to do cocaine, don't do, you know, puffer fish at the same time. It's going to be bad for you. That's a hell of a drug. Cocaine and pufferfish. That's a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah, I uh I mean I'm I'm down for some I mean, sushi, but I'm like, I don't want to risk I'm I'm dealing with the, the freaking internet uh certified chef here. <laughs> Unless I'm dealing with a Japanese dude like in Japan, it's like this is here's the greatest chef. Even then I might be like, Yeah, I'm just gonna stick with the tuna rolls. I, I don't need any of that <laughs> Fuku. I don't know, man. I mean Viper semen cured the uh the apocalypse, so I mean, you know. But you got to miss it with some lead singers whiskey. <laughs> I mean, just imagine, you know, some fugu and black rifle coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's their their newest combination. And speaking of black rifles, uh, you heard of a little gun company called <laughs> High Point? <laughs> I can't even say High Point without, without uh, laughing. And I can't stand the word yeet. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is a yeet? Yeah, uh, yeet, yeet, yeet. I mean, I oh know that was jeet, jeet, jeet. But anyway, yes, uh, for y'all skeet. that are... Yeah. Skeet, skeet. Skeet sounds familiar. I guess we're too old to know what yeet is. I think it's a, a freaking Fortnite term or something. But yeah, um, if you remember a few years ago, the British government you know, opened up the internet to name their latest research vessel, and the chosen name was Bodie McBoatface, which they refused to use, and named a smaller submarine Bodie McBoatface uh, and would not name their, their ship. Well, high point to, if you're not familiar with the firearms industry, are they known make great for making, paperweights. Yeah. They're known for making bricks that uh, while sort of reliable, they're ugly, heavy, and are like a $150 gun. They're like the cheapest production gun you can get that like, you know, you only see them in like, you know, rap videos for like, you know, wannabe thugs that can't afford a, a Glock. Well, they've coming out their new tactical version of the high point pistol that has a, a threaded barrel and some new fancier, uh, uh design on it. And they've op- opened up the internet to, uh, Hey, name our new gun. Uh, and the, the, uh, name the internet chose was the YC nine, AKA the yeet cannon. <laughs> Which High Point initially like took it down and like said, "All right, here's the finalists that we've come up with uh, of of names," and the internet like had a freaking meltdown and started like complaining that they were pussing out not calling it the Yeet Cannon so much that other manufacturers like Heckler and Koch and and all these other companies started like, "Hey, if you make a Yeet Cannon, we'll we'll make a a, a Yeet Cannon and just you know basically calling them whistles because hey, you started this like you know man up and go through it." So much to the point where they had to release a statement saying that, oh, no, we're still in, uh, include. We, we always plan to leave Yeet Cannon in the uh, the running, but here's the other names that we like, and whatever wins this voting will go head-to-head with the Yeet Cannon for the, the final name. So you may still be able to pick up your, up your high-point Yeet Cannon in the, the near future. I can tell you <laughs> I'm not going to rush out you know, and, and buy anything Glock Yeet, you know. I just forget H, even Heckler and Cox said they would they would I mean do a special edition H and K. But for H and K, 
I could see that being one of the greatest troll moves ever, though, and be like, come on, guys, you need to take ownership of this and be like, ha, 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 you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even, this is the statement from Heckler and Cock, you know, please take some advice from someone who doesn't listen to their customers. You really, really should swallow your pride, get out your crayons, and write a letter to your legions of almost new customers and call it the YC9. We promise to do a collaborative photo shoot with you. We'll bring a... a MK23, specially marked YC45. This is not a joke. The powers of two yeet cannons, the original and the little brother, would be unstoppable. <laughs> I mean, even Beretta and like all these other big manufacturers like has been giving them shit so much that they're like, all right, we're we're putting yeet cannon back on the potential uh, name list. And I would, I, I would almost buy one of these just <laughs> for shits and giggles. I would never shoot it, but I mean, it's funny to say I've got a yeet cannon in the safe. <laughs> I'm just not going to waste my money that way. I mean, you know, granted, like you said, you know, high points, yeah, they're actually sort of kind of reliable and that type of thing. But, I mean, yeah, it just... They're fugly. Well, not I mean, it's way. not even the, the fugly part. It's, you know, hey, I've got a seven-pound brick on my hip. <laughs> uh, so, yes, keep a lookout and, you know, the voting on the final phase runs from June 25th to July 15th, so there's still time to, uh, you know, submit your vote to uh, for the Yeet Cannon. <laughs> and well, that's all I've got. Uh, and I'm still going to say it. Genera- uh, generations are getting stupider and stupider. <laughs> and with that, we'll be right back. This week, I'm going to help you defend your childhood. Myopia Defend Your Childhood is a nostalgic movie podcast where we rewatch the movies of the 80s and 90s as we walk down memory lane. From action to animation, horror to sci-fi, we rewatch the movies my panelists and I grew up watching to see how our pasts hold up. Join us every other Thursday on the ESO Network. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Letterboxd, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever podcasts are found. Thanks. And now it's time for all things nerdy in nerd news. And welcome to nerd news. Yeah, news. All right, we're gonna jump into it with uh, the Stranger Things final trailer before our release. Yeah, because this will come out uh, on the second, July fourth. It's time to return to to uh, I was gonna say whatever that town is, but now I just had a brain fart. Can't remember what it was. <laughs> See what old uh, Hopper has been up to besides growing a sweet mustache from the looks of that trailer. Yeah, I um, I don't know. The, the more I see, you know, I mean, definitely uh, is going to be a wild ride. <laughs> and I, I don't know, man. Like Stranger Things is like the modern day Goonies for me. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I'm hooked. Just still need to watch that. Uh new Netflix movie, uh, edge of edge of the world or something like that, which it's like kids fighting aliens. It very much looked like a Goonies meet stranger things movie. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, this is pretty much, you know, our, our strange, our Goonies for a new generation and an old generation. Cause we remember the eighties and especially now, like from the looks of it, it was like 
early eighties. This one's definitely like that mid eighties, like flat, like freaking bright ass fashions and stuff. And I'm like, yes. Oh yeah. This is the eighties. I remember now, <laughs> especially <laughs> as it was filmed in the mall. I hung out as, as a, as a child. I'm like, yep. That's what this place looked like in the eighties. <laughs> I remember that gap. <laughs> yeah. I, God, I don't even know the last time. Cause I mean, you know, Oh, it's like a ghetto mall. Yes. Now. You go there. It's like most of the businesses are out of business and, I mean, there's I mean, grass going saying. in the there parking was, lot. <laughs> you know. Hell, he found a dead body in the closed down food court a couple of years ago. It's, yeah, it's like, it's, it's kind of looks like the, uh, the upside down version of, of the mall if you go there now. But yeah, they had to, they definitely had to do some restoration. Maybe for the, the dead body was <laughs> the just movie. a, uh, Demogorgon pop prop or something, you know, <laughs> like, oh, but I mean, you know, that, that's got to add to, you know, the, the the whole creepiness factor is like, hey, we, you know, filming at a portion of this mall knowing that there's been dead bodies on site. So, you <laughs> yeah. know, I mean, that, and I got to say, like, with the Disney Plus uh, starting in November and all the uh, the stuff that's, uh, you know, been taken off of Netflix for, for Disney, it's like Stranger Things is like the one thing keeping my netflix subscription alive yeah i haven't like canceled it to go fully disney but yeah once stranger things is gone it's like it may be like yep i'm go ahead and (laughs) shut this off yeah which i haven't watched that last season of jessica jones yet i mean that's once that's gone it's like you know all the marvel shit's gone but i don't know i mean you know with stranger things with so many other you know netflix series like myself i will end up keeping it you know i mean you know because yeah, I was watching a lot of the Marvel originals, but dude, the, a lot of these Netflix originals, you know, in my opinion, have been just as good, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, it's just, hell, I've been busy. The last thing I watched on Netflix was uh, that uh, Motley Crue movie. So I've not watched anything since <laughs> that Motley Crue movie came out. But, but now that uh, Stranger Things is back, I'll definitely be falling down that hole for a, for a little while. Yeah, it just, you know... July 4th, and, you know, of course, we'll be celebrating independence and everything. So it won't be the one that I can say that by July 5th, I've finished the season, <laughs> I don't think. Um, not with work schedules and whatnot. Yeah, I'm fixing to be out of town for a couple of days, so it'll be <laughs> after I get back before we, we start that process. But, uh, yes. Um, up next, we also got the final trailer for Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. And I gotta say, like, you know, leading up to this, it's like, I, I don't, but now, you know, like, there were a few stunts and things in this that I was like, that's badass, I, yeah, I want to see it. It's <laughs> almost like the criticism of, like, why is this even a Fast and the Furious movie, because it looks like there's no car shit. This latest trailer, they put a bunch of car shit in it, like, alright, I can see why you're still using the uh, Fast and Furious tag. All right, there's there's some cool like vehicular stunts and shit going on. But I mean, like you know, there's one scene where you know a dude on the street bike. You know, of course they got to go under an 18 wheeler rig. I mean, that's been the running staple since, since freaking Smokey and the, the Bandit. First one. Yeah. <laughs> well, Smokey and the Bandit, they didn't quite pull it off as well. I mean, you know, no. a hat was lost, and <laughs> you know, a roof was lost. Um, you know, there was some collateral damage with that one, but uh, you know. Yeah, but whoever Idris Elba's stuntman is is a bad motherfucker because some of that motorcycle stunts were, like, freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude off the bike running behind it and shit, and it's like, I want to learn to stunt. Yeah. Uh, although, you know. It's probably I can, all CGI. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, I, I've been to some of the stunt shows and stuff, and it's like, I would love to learn that, but I understand 
you're going to lay a bike down, stuff's going to get damaged. And it's like, I could get the bike. I couldn't afford to keep the bike repaired and functional <laughs> yeah. after, you know, or hell, myself even for that matter. Yeah, like, we're you we're know. getting old and brittle. We, <laughs> our bones aren't as rubbery as they were when we were children. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, you know. I mean, hell, I hurt myself sleeping funny nowadays. It's like, <laughs> I think I'm I mean, I'm you got a few my, years on me. So I mean, past my stunt, uh, you know. <laughs> stunt uh, days. You might just be speaking for yourself there. <laughs> I still got a little life left somehow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, going from something that I was kind of on the fence about to now it's like, hey, I want to see it, you know? Um, and I, Cause I never even saw that last Fast and Furious until it was out on video. And then, you know, so it's like, I don't really want to continue. to. And then I'm like, all right, this looks badass. <laughs> it's fucking transporter in the rock <laughs> yeah i i mean and even the new girl whoever she is that's playing uh shaw's sister is she's badass i mean she's she looked like she had some cool fight sequences too so yeah i'm uh i'm interested in uh seeing what this is all about yeah most definitely i don't know i almost wonder if we'll get a vin diesel cameo of some sort you know <laughs> just like a short 30 second like freaking post credit like uh, uh tokyo drift he just shows yeah. up at the end <laughs> maybe who knows um <laughs> Uh, another thing um, is we got a trailer for um, the new Charlie Angels film. Which I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I <laughs> I was kind of perusing the internet, and I was like, huh, this is a thing, huh? Yeah, All it like, right. popped up on my Facebook, and I'm like, I didn't even know they were making another Charlie's Angels. But, I mean, this one actually looks pretty good. I mean, I had some decent action sequences from the looks at it. This one is directed by... Uh, uh, what's her name? Who directed Pitch Perfect and and so, who is also playing uh, uh, this version of uh, uh, Bosley? <laughs> uh, Elizabeth Banks. That's who I was trying to think of. Yeah. So I mean, I, and speaking of sparkly Batman, yeah, Christian, uh, whatever her name is, is <laughs> one of Charlie's angels this time around. Does she sparkle? Maybe. Okay. I guess we'll see. I don't know. But yeah, I um. I don't. I mean, I was a big fan of the first Charlie's Angels, you know. Um, this one here, you know, looks like it's got a good mix of comedy, you know, a lot of action. Um, of but course, yeah, it, it almost look, but it doesn't look as as kind of silly as the. Yes, uh, this one looks a bit more serious. Yeah, like so the first, the first uh, Charlie's Angels movies kind of leaned more heavily into that, uh, making fun of this nostalgia and what you know is a little bit more comedic. This one, yeah, actually looks like they're trying to be a Lady James Bond. Uh, <laughs> and even the the voice of Charlie kind of sounds like the original <laughs> Charlie. And it has Sir Patrick Stewart in it, too. So, I mean, they got some uh, some badass people in it. So Most we'll definitely. I don't, I don't know. I mean, just the initial look and everything, I'm like, this is another one that we're going to have to add to the list. Yep. So, uh, moving right along here. Moving um, on up. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Ant-Man and the Ghostbuster universe? <laughs> I got to say, like, the more I hear about this, you know, new Ghostbuster uh, sequel is like, it's pretty, I mean, Paul Rudd is pretty much the, you know, I would say he was on the level with Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray back in the day. I mean, he's, he can do action. He can do semi-serious and still be funny as shit. So I, I think, you know, he would fit right into the tone of, like, the original Ghostbusters movies. Well, they're talking about, um, you know, him joining, you know, the 
as a teacher. And I think that's a very appropriate role. And I'm curious to see, you know, I hope it's not just, you know, a small role. I hope it, you know, is a little bit larger because I think that him... small role, Ant-Man. It, uh, <laughs> he gets really big. So maybe maybe what we think will He's be He's the small, new State Puff? Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I've been a big fan of uh, Paul Rudd. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, I like about anything he's he's done. So I'm, I think this is only going to be a improvement. So yeah, I mean, the director comes out and's like, you know, I've always wanted to work with this guy, you know, since um, you know, he did Wet Hot American Summer at the Sundance Festival, and um, I I don't know, man. I like you said, the the hype and. The direction that this seems to be going is going to be much more of a nod to the Ghostbusters as I know and love Ghostbusters. Um, At least set in that universe uh, (laughs) where what came before existed. I want to see Giant Man fight uh, State Puff Marshmallow Man, though. Like, that'd be an awesome fight. (laughs) That would be pretty epic, I think, you know, just... (laughs) So, um, Ghostbusters, uh, as of right now, is set to release July 10th, 2020. And, um, I mean, we kind of already knew this, I think, for anybody that's seen the Venom movie, but, uh, Venom 2, Sony confirms that the sequel is actually happening and Tom Hardy's returning. I mean, after that whole post credit scene of the first Where Venom they, uh, film, you know. teased, uh, Carnage and... Yeah. I want to see, uh, Woody Harrelson is a bad guy. He, he makes a good psychopath. I mean, I liked him in, uh, uh, whatever... American, was it not American Psycho, uh, shit. What's the damn natural born killers. So yeah, I, I, I like him as a, as a psychopath. So I think he'd be a, he's going to make a good carnage. Yeah. I, I hope we get to see carnage fingers crossed on that one. So, um, you know, we don't have any confirmation on who the, the villains or anything else are, but you know, we got that little teaser and, Unfortunately, sometimes the teasers pan out to be something. Other times it's just, ah, we're going to keep you on the hook to make you come see the film. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're going to just continue to tease that, and you have to wait to the third movie to see Carnage. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. There's also been a lot of talk of, you know, potentially Venom and Spider-Man, you know, sharing a, a universe, but nothing can be confirmed if it's going to be Tom Hardy and Tom Holland. Too many Tom. Tom H's. <laughs> what the hell, you know? Tom, Tom, other brother Tom. Yeah, and, and, and Tom. Yeah. You know, my brother Tom Tom. <laughs> so Little uh, Tommy, big Tommy. Absolutely. Asian Tommy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's another film that I'm uh, really looking forward to. Is Cast uh, Tommy Far Chong from in Home, <laughs> which that will you know come out the same day this podcast comes out. So, you know, after you listen to the show, go watch uh, <laughs> Tom Holland. <laughs> yes, Can, we wind a couple of years back, and who's Tom, Tom Holland? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, and and here it is. It's like he's Spider Man. <laughs> it's no longer emo man. That's yeah. awesome. But the the thing of the internet's been blown up because from that last uh, Spider-Man teaser we got, they uh, mentioned the existence of a multiverse. They need to do like a live action, uh, kind of like End of the Spider-Verse where it's all the Spider-Men and have Andrew Garfield and uh, what's his name, the the first uh, movie Spider-Man, have them all show up as like alternate universe Spider-Men. 
That would be hilarious. That would be kind of crazy. <laughs> Uh, any other news? Anything you got for the folks at home? Oh, that's all I can remember. Um, check us out on. Hold know. on, before we go into that. What? Oh yeah, final any... cigar thoughts. Yay! <laughs> we remembered. It stayed pretty consistent. I mean, there's not uh, been yeah. a whole lot of transition in this. No, flavor profile. not a lot of transition. But um, you know, I I now think that this is probably my directly under the personado. Um, I'm I'm going to put this one. Yeah, it's kind of maintained that medium to full. Full strength and you know that that like you said espresso and that little bit of pepper back notes uh, is kind of maintained throughout. So there's not been a whole lot of transition, uh, but the flavors it has got are good and has you know lasted throughout. So definitely kept my interest. And here we are at you know freaking an hour and a half and still got a you know well I I smoke faster than you because I you know I don't let mine rest because I'm a savage, but <laughs> still a, you know it's got a, a pretty good time on. Uh, on this uh this here cigar which i'm also you know i will come and revisit the cigar throughout the day as well so i'm you know like if i'm in a shop environment or i'm pressed for time yeah i'm gonna go ahead and finish it but if i you know i'm not necessarily pressed for time or whatever then you know i make some time for my leisure <laughs> uh, and speaking of that i'm gonna be uh, heading out of town this weekend to tactical response to take some uh celebrate uh america's birth by shooting stuff so i'll probably be posting a bunch of crazy stuff on our instagram and facebook uh while i'm boarding on the road by myself so if you're not already following us follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at cigar nerd pod hell shoot us some messages i may you know fucking answer some crazy questions while i'm while i'm on the road uh and with that you can also find us on cigarnerdpodcast.com and esonetwork.com uh check us out iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever. Uh, if you need some smoking shirts for the summer, hit up uh, realmensmokecigars.com. They got our shirts. They got other people's shirts. They got all kind of badass smoking accessories. Uh, and if you need some energy to keep you going this 4th of July, uh, pour a little Strike Force in your in your beer. Uh, go to strikeforceenergy.com, promo code Cigar Nerds for 20% off your order. And with that, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? I say that to all my victims. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Geek.